Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity with Susan Shereko, where we help you transform your life by changing what you're telling yourself. Whatever your circumstances, you can experience health, financial security, and a sense of well-being once again. And now, here's your host, Susan Shereko. On behalf of Rebuilding Your Life Radio, and the Train Your Brain, Claim Your Power calls, welcome. This is Susan Shereko. Derek Decker is here today. According to his bio, Derek is a rock guitar player, an NLP trainer and coach, which explains a great deal about his work as an author, speaker, and consultant to writers. He's a prolific blogger, coming up with new insights on how to be successful on a daily basis. And I believe you'll find his insights extremely valuable. Please wave your hands to welcome Derek Doctor. Hello, Derek. Welcome. Hey, Susan. Thanks for having me. I'm delighted to have you. I, I read your stuff, and I'm just really impressed with how much you know. One of the things I saw was that you, were, you had a headline in Entrepreneur Magazine that you used to be a rock guitar player. Um, how did you make the transition from music to health and fitness author and consultant? Well, it started, uh, I got my degree in music, and so I moved out to L.A. to become a rock star. And during that time, I was valet parking cars, you know, working a couple of jobs just to pay the bills. And I also had a big passion for health and fitness. So I, you know, long story short, got into the whole world of online marketing, the idea of blogging, creating a YouTube channel, all of that. And so I thought, well, if I could take uh, my passion for fitness and turn that into an extra income stream that could help support me while I was playing uh, music and doing things like that. And so ended up, you know, trying a number of things. Uh, I wrote a book, created a course. None of it really took off. I ended up publishing the third book that I published on Amazon Kindle. This was back in December of 2012. It went on and became a number one bestseller in weight loss and made almost $6,000 in royalties in 11 days. And so at that point, I was like, I, you know, cracked the code of this book publishing thing, self-publishing. And then I went on to publish more books in fitness and then in personal development. And ever since then, I've been, you know, in addition to selling my books, sharing with other writers and authors the strategies that I use to sell the books to, um, you know, stand out in these competitive marketplaces. And I've been doing that now going almost, uh, almost a decade at this point, about nine years teaching and working with authors to help them write books, publish books, and sell books. And you have a lot of powerful information for them. You know, I've, I've been interviewing authors only for a few years, sort of came out of the whole pandemic situation, but I worked in television for many years. And every day we did a lifestyle program and we would interview an author who had come on the show to hawk their wares. Well, I when I came, when the, the pandemic hit, I decided that was something I wanted to do, interview authors. And what I found is that many of them have the same issues. For the most part, they are independently published authors. They don't understand why their books aren't selling, and they think they're being charged way too much money to get their books out there. Do you believe they understand what it will take to succeed in publishing their book or books? Well, you know, it depends on each individual person. In general, I have noticed that there's a few different types of authors and, and writers. And the 
ones who uh, oftentimes struggle until they kind of get their mind wrapped around this are, are those who you know, they write a book and they think, okay, I wrote this book. Now, how do I sell it? And, uh, you know, they don't really go in with the understanding that a lot of times the more effective approach is to think, what book is going to sell? How am I going to sell this book? And then go, go write it. And so it's having the marketing, say, uh, consideration ahead of time. And that doesn't mean you have to write some book that you don't have a passion for. It just means that you're going into it with an understanding of what's the marketing approach that I'm going to take. And another common mistake that I see uh, some authors make is they think, well, I just focus on the writing. Maybe uh, a publisher or someone else will handle all the marketing side, right? It's basically like an aversion to the, the marketing world and uh, not recognizing that even if you go with a traditional publisher or a hybrid publisher or yourself publish, whatever path an author takes, it really, a lot of the, the marketing and the book sales are going to be the author's responsibility. So that means uh, being trained as a marketer, seeing yourself as, as a marketer as much, if not more, as seeing yourself as an author and being able to have that, that mindset. And it's, you know, sometimes different approaches and, and strategies, and that's a whole, you know, topic of conversation. We can dive into some of that. I would say that's probably one of the, the bigger issues that I see with authors who struggle is that they're, they're thinking primarily about just, you know, putting a book out there and hoping it sells or crossing their fingers or thinking that someone else can handle all the marketing versus going in and strategically considering what your marketing plan is, uh, making sure there is demand for the topic, how is it going to be unique, how are you going to position yourself. And I think about a lot of that, if not all of it, before I ever start writing a book. Well, I have to say, I don't think I've ever heard an author say that they, they did any research before writing their project in terms of whether it would sell, whether there was an audience for it, what it should look like, how it should be written, nothing. Totally just write the book. Yeah, and, you know, I, I'm not against that in the sense that, you know, if you have a, a calling or if your intuition says, I really have this book that I want to write and I want to get it out into the world, I think that there's a place for that so long as you then understand if it doesn't sell or if there isn't a market for it, you're not going to try to, you know, force a, a square peg into a round hole. You might accept that, that that was a passion project or something like that, or maybe it's a, you know, cathartic uh, form of therapy to to take an idea that you had and put it out uh, in book format. The thing is, is when an author gets surprised that it's not selling and they hadn't planned ahead for that. Now, the good news is if you do have a book that is, let's say, a good book and that there's a market for, there are ways to adjust it. So let's say the title isn't that great. You could always adjust the title. If the cover isn't good, you can always update the cover. If the description isn't that compelling, you can get a new description written. So it is possible to take a book, and there have been traditionally published books that, you know, they didn't sell that well when they were first launched, and they got a makeover and rebranding and, and retitled and recovered and all that, and then all of a sudden the, the sales took off, right? And even Chicken Soup for the Soul, it took uh, Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen, I mean, it was, it was well over a year of marketing and getting the word out there before it, the book took off and became this huge hit. So it's okay if a book is written and it doesn't, you know, out of the gate be this huge home run hit. There are ways to work with things. It's understanding, though, not being surprised that, hey, if you didn't plan ahead for what your 
what your marketing approach is going to be, understand that A, there might not be a, a market for it, or B, it's going to take some, some time and effort to really dial it in and figure out how to get the book selling. Well, it sounds to me like you think of this as a strategy, a business strategy in terms of what, they're, what they should be thinking to do. Yeah, and that's ultimately what, how I approach this as a strategist and as a business, which means that there are times, even though I'm an author myself and I primarily work with authors, there are people where I'm, I'm talking to them and let's say it's a coach, right? And I work with fiction and nonfiction authors that I also, as a coach myself, sometimes I'm working with coaches and I don't tell a coach, hey, the first thing you should do is write a book. It might, that might not be the first step. They might have other things that they do in their business first and then we go, okay, now is it the right time to write a book? Uh, what is going to go in the book? Might you have multiple books that you write? If you publish this book, how does this book fit into your bigger business? Once someone buys a book, what's that going to lead them to? Like there's a number of different questions. And so um, another issue is someone just, they see a book is like, oh, I was told to write a book, so I wrote a book, and it's like checking off the checkbox, but it's like, mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. that the correct book for you to write? Is it positioning you properly? Is it leading to something else, you know, or is it just a book to have a book? And I find that it really is about this strategic thinking of seeing the piece as part of a greater whole and understanding the, the order in which you do things, the sequence in which you do things, what's going to happen after you write this book and launch it, uh, what do you want the book to do for you? Is it just a credibility builder? Or is it like, you know, for a, a fiction author, let's say, is it part of a series? Uh, you know, what genre are you going into? All of these different considerations. And, you know, it can seem overwhelming if you don't have a, a framework. And I, I'll give a real simple kind of two, two questions uh, among a, a few more questions that you would go into. But the first two questions are really, what's my purpose? And then what's the outcome I want? And you've got to be clear on the purpose because so many things, there are some people to accomplish a certain purpose. I'm like, well, you don't even need to publish a book right now. Or you don't even need to worry about selling if the purpose is to establish yourself as an authority. It doesn't matter whether you sell 100,000 books or not. Like just having the right book just to say you're an author could get you publicity and media attention. So I'm not going to go too down, far down that rabbit hole. The big picture takeaway is for anything that you're doing, first consider what is the purpose behind all of this, the big picture, you know, North Star that's guiding you, and then what's the outcome that you want to achieve. From there, then you can figure out the specific strategies because you'll find there's a lot of different strategies for selling books or writing books or what kind of, should I go with a traditional publisher or self-publish, all of these things. But before you get into any of that, you got to be clear on the purpose and the outcome because that's going to guide all those other decisions later on. Right. Well, you, you mentioned just a second ago that they shouldn't rely on their publisher to do everything for them. That's sort of done-for-you approach, that it fails to encompass all the, the other things that are made possible because there is a book. I think you use the phrase, it's a, a gateway. A book is a gateway for an author uh, to do other things that also make money for them. Uh, what what are those kind of things that, that suddenly open up once you've published a book? Well, uh, for a nonfiction author in particular, someone who's a an expert, a coach, a thought leader, any of that type of category, 
saying you're the author of a particular book is still a powerful thing. You know, if you meet someone at an event, let's say, you're networking and you hand them a book and it's your book on a particular topic, that's a powerful positioning tool to say that you are an authority on this topic. Think authority, author, authors within the word authority. So just having the book can go a long way towards that. You still got to leverage it, right? If you write a book and you don't tell anyone you wrote a book or if you don't get any publicity about it, you know, it's like there's a lot of people who self-published a book these days. But if you write the correct book, so to speak, a book that does establish you as an authority, then using that for speaking, using that to connect with other celebrities or influencers in, in your genre, in your niche, in your topic area, uh, a lot of those things that can help you getting, uh, again, speaking, getting on podcasts, getting on television, right? Having a book is oftentimes a, a key piece of that, and it, it helps you land those opportunities, and those opportunities might actually be more lucrative than the book in and of itself, but the book is, as you say, like the gateway that gets you into those opportunities. Now, I, again, I don't want to make some uh, sense here that make the, the point that, oh, you just write a book and all of a sudden, you know, people are just going to come knocking on your door and, you know, tons of people will start asking you for these things. You still got to get the word out there and you still got to, you know, be the one to take the initiative. And so that also comes back to this idea of a publisher. A lot of times a publisher is going to want to know, hey, do you have a platform? What's the size of your audience? Who's going to, uh, you know, buy this book? And that's why it, it's like it, it almost doesn't matter whether you're going with a traditional publisher or self-publisher. At the end of the day, you still got to have the understanding as the author about how you're going to get the word out, be effective in your marketing, and, and know uh, how to take that sort of personal responsibility for making the book a success. Doesn't mean you can't get help. Of course, you can get help and support and, you know, whatever you need to do that. It's, it's still a lot of it is going to fall on your shoulders as the author. Well, what are some of those ways? I, you know, I know you're like a tremendous blogger. You, you are out there. All, I guess it's actually an email list. I don't know if you consider it a blog or not, but you are sending something out every day. Are there other ways that people do that? Yeah, so in terms of getting the word out, you can write down the word aspire, A-S-P-I-R-E. That's what I call the aspire method. And this comes from studying many of the top authors, things I've done, it's things New York Times bestselling authors have done, USA Today bestselling authors, uh, indie authors. Uh, you know, if you look at the most successful authors, I'm like, what do they tend to have in common? Because I don't want to study 10,000 different little tactics. I want to know what are the handful of things that if you just do a few things, it can really move the needle in terms of book sale and exposure and, and getting your book out there. And so if you go through the Aspire method, A stands for ads. And you have a number of different ad platforms. For books specifically, though, you have things like Amazon ads. If your book is on Amazon, you can run Amazon ads targeting similar authors, targeting similar books. So when people are on a book page for a book that's kind of like your book or it would have the same sort of audience, they might see your book show up there. And so that's Amazon ads. There's things like BookBub. And BookBub is a, a platform that does uh, promotions, and they have a couple different types of things. They have featured deals where if your book is selected, they'll promote it to their email list. They also have a self-serve ad platform. And there's 
things like Facebook ads and even Google ads and, and stuff like that. So uh, those are some ad platforms as, as well as the different book promotional sites. And so this is really key. I mean, at any phase in the journey, especially though when you're starting out and you don't have a, a huge uh, maybe audience right out of the gate, there's still places where you can pay money to promote your book to a, a audience of readers. And a lot of times these are, you know, if you have a discount ebook or you put an ebook on sale and then you do a an advertising campaign uh, campaign to an audience, you know, ads are something that even when I was first starting out, now back at the time was a broke valet parker, I still saved up maybe a couple hundred bucks to run ads, which are really key to helping get the word out about a book. So A for ads, S is social media. And, you know, I'm not a huge social media guy. At the same time, I recognize that social media can be a way of connecting with readers, connecting with fans, and sometimes getting more, let's say, free exposure. So I don't think you need to be on every social media platform. But depending on your topic, you might say if it's, you know, if you're more business type of author, you might be on LinkedIn. If you're uh, a lot of authors and an audience now is on TikTok, right? Now, if you don't want to do TikTok, you don't have to do it. But the idea is you, you kind of see where is your audience at. You pick at least one or two platforms, social media platforms that you could, you could be on. Uh, then you have P and the Aspire Method. And this is one of my absolute favorite ways. And it's something that I did an interview with Hal Elrod. And Hal Elrod wrote the book, The Miracle Morning. He sold over a million copies over, it was about, I think, seven years. And he said his number one promotional strategy was guest podcasting, which is pretty much uh, what I'm doing right now, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you go on and other people have a platform. They built an audience of your ideal fans, your ideal readers potentially, and that is a way that you can get in front of your ideal audience uh, by going on other people's platforms. You're leveraging their platform. Same thing, idea in person would be speaking on stages. If someone else has built a stage, it could be doing guest posts, guest articles. You know, so you think, who has already built an audience of your ideal fans? How can you connect with them, serve their audience in some way, and get featured on their platform? All right, so you got ads, social media, platform leveraging. Then you go to I, and that is influencer marketing. And so influencers, similar to platforms, but if you think about how many books you purchase because someone recommended the book. And I did this one time. I just looked through my Amazon shopping list of books I, I purchased, and I was like, I remember who recommended that. I remember hearing about that on a call. I remember reading an email, and someone mentioned that book or whatever it was. And I was like, probably about 80% of the books I buy, I buy because someone had recommended the book. So with influencer marketing, the idea, similar to platform leveraging, is who has an audience, and how would you get them to possibly promote your book on your behalf, right? To share your book with their audience. And there's a number of strategies for doing that. There's ways to do it even if you're just starting out and you don't have a big audience of, of your own. The idea is you're building these relationships with people who they can be sharing your book with their audience, right? So I is for influencers. R is for readers or reader referrals. This is getting your readers now to share the book with their friends, with People in, uh, if they're in book clubs or whatever, right? You might invite them mm -hmm, to, hey, mm -hmm. if you like this book, you know, mention it to a group or whatever that you're, you're a part of. So 
one simple tip for them is, you know, it's kind of a captain obvious thing, but even I don't always remember to do it, which is remind your readers, hey, if you enjoyed this, please share it with your, your friends or your family or whoever you'd be interested in it. And you can even give them a, a little sample post that they could retweet it out or mm -hmm. something that they mm -hmm. can post on social media so they don't have to put much thought into it, right? So right. Uh, to recap, you got ads, social media, platform leveraging, influencers, reader referral, and then everything comes back, all roads lead back to E, which is what you mentioned, and that is email, email marketing. So if I'm posting on social media, eventually at some point I want to be driving people back to my email list. If I'm running ads, I have ads that sometimes directly promote books and things, and I also have ads that are used to go and build my email list. When I'm going on platforms, I mention a way to join my email list, right? So everything mm -hmm. is leading back to email, and email is still to this day and probably will be for years to come the number one way to actually drive sales, not just of books, but if you have other courses or merchandise or coaching programs or things like that, really comes down to your email list. And that is an asset that you own. It's not like if a social media platform disappears or shuts down an account or anything like that. You're safe and you're protected when it's your email list that you have. And so, as you mentioned, I like to do quite regular emails. Uh, you know, I'm not saying you have to do that, but at least if you're emailing, I, I think once a week is a pretty good minimum because you do want to be top of mind for people. And this is regardless of what genre you write in and delivering emails that are things that people actually want to read. They're not all just shameless, hey, here's my book, go buy it. You're actually giving people emails that they look forward to reading and then they remember you, they think about you. So if they want to buy your book or if they're thinking of an author to recommend, you're the author that comes to mind. That's a, I mean, that's a really succinct explanation of just about everything that we need to do as authors to get the word out about our books. And, is, and do you work that plan yourself, the, the whole Aspire technique? Yeah, I'm doing all of those things uh, from time to time. And then another component of it is that you don't even within the Aspire have to do all of those things equally. You, you can focus on what your strengths are. So I love to speak. I, I'm an introvert, and I still enjoy speaking, though it's, it's nice that I'm just, you know, I'm sitting here. I'm in, uh, uh, sitting in my room, able to chat with you, just have a conversation, and getting the word out. So I really like things like guest podcasting. And I love uh, writing emails and, and stuff like that. The thing is, this comes back to the idea that there's, there can be many different strategies. Knowing your purpose and your outcome, also part of that is just knowing yourself, right? So if you like to do a lot of things with ads and you like to get in there and be very data-driven, great. If that's not your thing, well, you can outsource some of that to a degree. If you're the type of person who likes to constantly be posting on social media and there's a platform you love, great. So you might spend more energy on that. If that horrifies you, <laughs> you dread the idea of social media, then, okay, maybe there's do it a little bit, but you'll, you'll find something else within this that works for you. If there's kind of one core takeaway that I could, I could get from this, it's the idea of leverage. So with all of these things, with an ad platform, there's a built-in audience somewhere that you're paying to reach. With platforms, someone else has built this audience and you're getting in front of them. Influencers have their audience and you're getting in front of them. Readers have their friends and family and people, and they're the ones sharing the book, right? The whole idea is you think your audience is out there. Someone has already kind of collected your audience. Think about 
It could be if you imagine a literal room full of people. Someone has already brought a bunch of people together. Now imagine if you could stand on stage and speak to this whole room and tell them about your book. Right? Now you could literally go out there and speak and do that. The other thing, though, is there's another – there's different forms of that where someone else is, is talking about your book to a room full of people or people are out there on your behalf talking about your book. The idea is you, you want to think who's, where is my audience already at in mass as part of a large group, and then what do you need to do to uh, get in front of them, and that's how you get leverage in terms of uh, the massive numbers. So let's say you want to sell 100,000 books or a million books or something like that. You know, even if that's not your goal, it's going to be hard to have a million individual conversations. That's going to be pretty mm -hmm. time-consuming. But right. if you had, if you were, you know, speaking at an event that reached a million people, you know, you could do that one time. And I'm not saying this is, you know, practical or, or feasible. There's not a lot of events that have a million people. But for the sake of illustration, one event that speaks to a million people versus speaking of, you know, a million individual conversations. So just getting your mind around this idea of leverage, that's one of the, the biggest takeaways that's behind uh, really any type of effective marketing campaign. Well, I, don't, I, I noticed something you do. Uh, you did it in your book, uh, Why Authors Fail. At the very back of the book, you asked people who already have relationships with your, you know, your audience base if they would write a bonus chapter for you. And what a novel concept. You're actually asking, I guess you'd call them a competitor, to come in and contribute to your book, and it's a win-win all the way around because you're getting somebody who has an, an audience of their own to come and look at his stuff or her stuff, and, and then they get to see your stuff at the same time, and vice versa, this influencer, as you call them, has an opportunity to reach a new audience they may not have met before. So it's a really interesting idea. Do you use that all the time? Yeah, I mean, to me, uh, this is a mindset thing where it's like I really don't see competitors out there. I do think it's important to think from time to time about competition because it's like how am I going to be, let's say, different than the, the competition and stand out from the you know, quote-unquote competition. Ultimately, though, Unlike anyone else who is speaking to authors or writers or, or a similar audience, there's probably a way that we can work together and create a beneficial situation for that benefits me, that benefits them, and that benefits the people that we're, that we're working with. And so, you know, there's a lot of people who are also working with, with authors who, many of them, we've done joint venture deals, we've done things where we're just uh, sharing each other's work. And it came, you know, part of it's strategic the thing is that when it started out, it really wasn't coming from a place of, oh, I'm going to try to get them to, you know, promote me. It was more like I really like their work, and I would recommend them because these are people who I go, I, I appreciate the work that they do. And they have their own style. Maybe they teach things that I don't quite teach and vice versa. And so it is this rising tide raises all shits type of attitude of mm -hmm. looking out there and going, you know, I, who are my biggest quote-unquote competitors and how do I turn them into partners and to collaborators? And, uh, you know, there's different ways of doing that. You mentioned it could be they can write a, uh, a bonus chapter in my book. And I'll give a little bit of behind the scenes of that is I did that because I really wanted to promote these people because I believed in them. And I've done it for fitness books. I've done it for uh, personal development books and stuff too. 
And the idea was I want to share their work, and even if they don't do anything for me, I still want to get, you know, help them become more successful. It's the whole Zig Ziglar idea, help enough people get what they want and get what you want. So that was the attitude. And then I also made it really easy for them. And this is important if you're doing any type of partnerships or making any requests at all. As I said, hey, I can even take something that you've already written somewhere else. Maybe I take a, a blog article and repurpose it for the back of the book or, or something like that. Now, a little bit of duplicate content is okay. You don't want a lot of it in a book, but a little bit of that to just kind of feature maybe one of their best articles or, or whatever it is. And so it's so easy for them to say yes because it's like I'll handle all the details, right? You just got to give me permission to put this thing in there and then link back to your website, and I'm going to be promoting you. So now the more successful my book is, the more people will discover their work. Well, now they have a built-in incentive if they want to share my book with their audience or with other people because if they're helping my book become successful, my book is also helping their business because my book provides advertisement for their business. And so it does create that win-win that, uh, or win-win-win situation where everyone benefits from this type of, of deal. And this is also part about thinking strategically. But if I'm writing a book, I might think, what's a book that's a little different? Or even if I'm writing in the same genre as someone else, it will maybe fill in some gaps or, or address something that they don't quite cover. And so a real quick example of that is I wrote a book on habits years ago, The Healthy Habit Revolution. And there's another guy who wrote in The Habits Face, Stephen Geis, who wrote the book Mini Habits. And I was a big fan of the book Mini Habits. And so when I wrote my book, it wasn't just a copy of these other habit books. It really was a, a unique contribution about, you know, this five-minute-a-day program. And so I mentioned Stephen's book in my book. I had reviewed his book. And so I'm like, I know people who get my book would also benefit from Stephen's book. And Stephen saw that. Uh, you know, I, we had connected and stuff. And so he shared his book, or I'm sorry, he shared my book with his audience Right? So I'm promoting his book. He's promoting my book. And the thing is, people who are into these books, they're probably not just going to read one book, right? especially for fiction authors. Right? People will mm -hmm, tend to mm -hmm. buy multiple books in a genre. And so now it's like uh, when you really know what makes your, your book unique in this space, that also opens the door for other people to go, oh, yeah, check out this book because, you know, even though we talk about a similar topic, this author, I really like the way they take this approach and you can create these mutually beneficial relationships. Awesome. You know, Derek, I, I know that you've, I, I feel, you feel very strongly that authors should have a mentor. They should have somebody that they can bounce these ideas off because it's, it is a lot. You know, they're thinking story. They're thinking content, and there's this other whole world. Um, you do coach, and do you consider yourself a mentor as well? Yeah, I would say a mentor and a coach. And a mentor mm -hmm. or a consultant is, you know, when I'm taking more of a prescriptive approach, that's someone saying, hey, here's what I recommend, here's what you can do. Coaching to me is um, a slight variation on that where it's more about helping a person discover answers from within. And so I do, I do both those things. You know, my, my whole goal, whether, whether it's mentorship, coaching, consulting, whatever you want to call it, is to not enforce my say, this is the one way to do it, and you got to do it my way. It's to say, what are your strengths? What are your goals? What's the purpose behind what you want to do? Now let's figure out a strategy to, to meet that. And that could be a very 
unique plan based off of, you know, what I suggest to one person might be totally different than what I suggest, maybe even the opposite of what I suggest to someone else. And so that's why I'm a big fan of mentorship and of coaching. Uh, otherwise, you could get twisted in all these different directions from hearing all kinds of conflicting advice. And it could be really well-meaning, good advice for one person, but it just might not be what's best for you as an individual. And so that's one of the things that, as much as I'm a big fan of books and, and courses and offer those things, it doesn't quite give you that personalization that you get with mentorship, which is about adapting the information to you. So if somebody is in, listening to this and think, I could use that, where, what's the best way to find you? best way to find me is at bestsellersecrets.com. And that's where you can get a free copy of the book, Why Authors Fail. It's where you also get on a newsletter. And then you can send, send me an email, send me a response. Let me know that you, you heard me on this show, uh, what you're interested in. And then I can provide recommendations, whether that's a program I have, if that's coaching. I can share more about a coaching program or group coaching program that I have. Uh, or if you just, uh, if you need, you know, wanted just maybe a good video to check out, if I've recorded a video on whatever the topic is, just let me know what you're interested in. If you send me an email, and then I'll, I'll guide you in the direction to some resources I can help. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for visiting us today, Derek. You know, you have done your homework in understanding this process, and I speak to so few people who actually understand it. So I really appreciate your sharing your insights with us. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, Susan. And thanks to our listeners as well. We've been talking with Derek Dopker, who has written a number of books about how authors can succeed, such as Why Authors Fail and uh, Why You're Stuck. So you can find his books on Amazon or Google him, Derek Dopker, and you'll see plenty of items about him. So thank you again, Derek. We appreciate your suggestions and uh, it's, uh, there's one more thought we didn't mention. It's one thing to learn about these ideas. Now it's time to implement them and take action. So we're going to bring this program to, our, to a close now. Thank you very much for listening. Bye for now and have a great day. Thank you very much for tuning in today. If you've been inspired by this show, leave a rating or review on iTunes and visit www.rainbowsoverruins.com to receive a free chapter from Susan's book. On behalf of Susan Shireko, this has been Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity, sharing the journeys of those affected by sudden and great loss and what they did to heal, rebuild, and where they are now.